All right, so today I'm just recovering from coronavirus. So I don't know how long I'll be able to talk for. I don't want to stretch myself too much. I guess it will be a challenge to be concise for once. (laughs) And I wanted to talk about smell depth. And I thought we would think this through together and have some ideas and brainstorm about the depth of smell. This is something that's underappreciated. The sense of smell is very much neglected and, in many ways, abused. It's abused by the products that we consume. And that's really the story that I want to illustrate. So if we can look at, well, how do we smell on a deeper level? Well, then we can learn how to experience on a deeper level and therefore live on a deeper level. You have this question, right? You've been asking yourself again and again when you fall asleep at night, when you wake up in the morning, how, how, how do I live more deeply? How do I do, how do I do this? Just tell me how, what can I do? I'll do anything to live more deeply. That's what you have in you, right? Yes, well, this is one of the ways we can do that. This is one of the answers to that question. So what I think about when I brainstorm the levels of depth of smell goes something like this. If you're a smoker, you smoke cigarettes or anything else, then you basically don't have a sense of smell. You've basically ruined it. It's basically blown out any sensitivity or aliveness that you have in your sense of smell and also for your sense of taste. Now, sense of smell and taste we're actually using interchangeably because these two things are very closely related. So, if you're a smoker, then you basically have no sense of smell. And the funny thing is that smoking is very much drawn through the sense of smell. One of the things that keeps you addicted is that it is a sense that is deeper than the others. It's something that you smell and that is the one of the core ways by which you experience it rather than by seeing it or tasting it. Well, taste, we can put <laughs> next to the smell. Now, that's one level if you're a smoker. Now, if you drink lots of fizzy drinks or any strong drink, really, we can have this as a broad category. So, fizzy drinks, Coca-Cola, Sprite, Fanta, anything like this, and other drinks. I'm just going to adjust my microphone because it's falling down a little bit. Strong drinks can include alcoholic drinks because alcohol is actually a very strong drink. Whether it's a beer or a wine or a spirit, particularly if it's a spirit, right? That's a very strong sensation on the tongue. It's very loud. Now, this goes the same for coffee. Coffee is a very strong taste. 
It's a very strong smell, right? So if you're at that level, then what I would wager to you is that you're actually missing a sensitivity. If you consume these drinks, if you consume these substances, then you have a lack of sensitivity in your sense of smell, in your sense of taste. Now, some drinks are very much drinks that you smell. The smell of coffee is, <clears throat> pardon me, very alluring. And it's funny that the smell and the taste of coffee, there's a kind of disconnect there because it smells so nice and yet <laughs> it tastes so bitter. And the reason coffee catches on is because, well, it's also got neurological components to it, right? Experiential components to it rather than just the taste. But the reason it catches on is because it's an intense flavor. Even though it's bitter, it's intense. Now, here's sort of another level to this. So say say you quit smoking and say you stop drinking these heavy drinks or any intense sort of flavors. And you say, okay, well, what if I just had water? And I've actually done this. I did this on a meditation retreat, and I'm sort of in, in the middle of a, a stint now where I say, okay, I'm only going to drink water. I'm going to test this theory about intense flavors. What will happen to my sense of smell when I flatten out that sensitivity and I allow my taste buds to return, which they do, to their peak state, to their optimal way of functioning. And we do that by just drinking water, right? You say water only, no matter what. The only thing I'm going to drink, the only liquid I'm going to have is water. Now you do eat your solids, of course, that's normal. And you do want to say, well, there's a line with what intensity of foods you eat, because you can have foods that have flavors that affect your taste buds. But generally speaking, just by having the water, that's a, that's a big, right? That's a big chunk of your diet for a lot of people. And when you reach that after, say, seven to ten days and you get back to that original place, what you will notice is your sense of smell very deeply returning to you. You will smell things that are much more subtle. Now, normally when we smell things, it's only when it's a very obtuse smell. It's a very invasive, it's a very powerful smell, like dog poo, or something that's extravagantly done over the top, right? Like a perfume. And in fact, perfume is another good example that we can discuss, because what's happening with perfume is this sort of the the pheromones and the things that are triggered through your sense of smell have been designed in this perfume to actually hit those triggers. And you see this a lot in young girls who <laughs> put on the, the fruity perfume or the fruity deodorant, right? And at a certain age, at a certain time, that sounds very enticing, right? It's this very sweet smell. She's very young. She's very alive. And it's very much like this 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 summery smell, and you just think, wow, it's so attractive, and it's so over the top. And there's a correlation here also with the makeup and the fashion and a whole range of other things that 
women are put under to sort of beef up their beauty and their sexuality and their appeal, right? That's all really what makeup is. It's designed to accentuate certain things to have the components that you are subconsciously evolutionary drawn to put onto a higher degree, to have them sort of put on steroids, right? <laughs> if the men do steroids, then the women do makeup, so to speak. And at a certain age, well, fruity perfume is very a very alluring smell. And yet, in another time, in another place, in another age, you'll find that it's actually something you don't like, right? When you get a little bit older, as an older man, then you can actually smell the difference and go, oh, she smells so young, right? She smells like a paddle pop and she smells like a, she smells like a kid, right? <laughs> and that's just, well, the changes in your age, the changes in your smell and the changes in your ability to sort of have your sense of smell affect your experience. So that's a little bit around the level of smell where you sort of move away from your addictions and your drinking habit and your smoking habit and you come back to sort of an openness and a subtlety and you're smelling things that are not just protruding onto your smell but you're actually smelling something deeper. And there's an experience that happens. There's something that happens just beyond this threshold, which is where you walk out and it's a new day and you smell the day itself. It's not that you're smelling a particular thing like a flower or someone mowing the lawn or someone's perfume as they walk past. But you smell the day itself and it's very deep. It's very penetrating into your core. And this experience is like coming back to childhood. Now, we've talked so much about born again and what that means to be afresh, to be alive. That means so many things in so many ways. But this is one of the things that it means. It means actually smelling something anew. And actually feeling like you're smelling the first day of school. You're smelling the first day of the holidays. You're fel How about this? This is a good one. You're smelling the first day of spring. That is a very deep smell to have. That is a very deep sensation that goes right to your core. And that feeling, that freshness, that is deeper living. And you can't really put it into words, right? Like, as I describe it here as these sorts of images, it's, it's still not quite like that. It's still something else. Because you're never really exactly as you were on the first day of school. 
But there is something completely fresh in smelling a new day. So from here, we go into actually higher levels of perception. And this is where you actually work on smell beyond just moving your addictions, right? So we've got we've got this one level of, you know, addictions and drinking and smoking, and you want to remove that. And then we go to this next level, which is removing all that and going back to what's natural, back to what's optimum. Now there's a stage that's beyond that. Now, before we get to that beyond stage, I do have to mention that there's a threshold between coming off your addictions and returning to your natural state. Because what will happen is you'll actually learn to taste better. Which means, just take for one example, coffee. Coffee will taste better after a certain while because your taste buds will be improving. Your sense of smell will be improving. So your sense of smell for the coffee will be deeper and you'll be more drawn to it. And here's the tricky thing, because just beyond that threshold, if you keep going and you push through, then (laughs) you'll find that you actually don't like the taste of coffee. And the difference here is remembering that when you first had your cup of coffee, right, your first coffee, it was bitter. You didn't like the taste, even if you would have liked the smell. So you liked the smell, but you didn't like the taste for your first couple of cups, and then you acquired the taste and then you liked the coffee, right? That's what you want to return to. That's the threshold. It's the same with cigarettes, right? When you first have a cigarette, you you cough and you're spluttering. You're like, eh, why would anyone do this? It takes time to actually sort of bring yourself to smoke, right? It's it's a it's it's a chore. It really it it hurts to smoke a cigarette, right? It's like, oh, my throat is contracting, my lungs are, uh, my body, my mind, uh, you know, it's like this really unsettling experience. And if you can push through that, then it's like, ah, well, now I get it. Ah, nicotine. Yeah, right. Now I understand what smoking is about, right? But you don't realize you've had to push through that pain to get there. And this threshold that I'm talking about, when you're coming across, coming off all these addictions, whether it's drinking coffee or cigarettes or anything else like fizzy drinks and all sorts of intense flavors, there's a threshold where it's it's tastes better. There's this period where you really taste a really good coffee and it feels really tasty and you have to push past that threshold. You have to then go beyond and find that actually There's something beyond that. There's something deeper. And that's the stage you get to where you can smell a coffee, but it tastes bitter and you don't like it. Now, it might be that we've been conditioned so long in our lives that we're always going to like the taste of coffee. You know, I don't know about coffee. Long-term effects of coffee, that's a big subject. We don't want to ruin our nuances in that that field, that department, right? There's more things that we can discuss about that. So this is just a sort of general principle that we're talking about here. But once you go beyond that, then you have these higher levels of perception. And to get to that, you actually need training. 
And that means actually, in a sense, becoming a perfume artist. So a perfume artist will actually set up their studio where they can look at things with their eyes closed or, or smell things with their eyes closed, not look at things with their eyes closed, but smell things which are compartmentalized and do it with their eyes closed, right, in a dark room so that the, the sense of smell is isolated and really work with different smells at different times and different palettes, right? And the perfume artist actually works with their sense of smell by changing it in and out and actually exercising it, right? Just like you exercise a muscle, you have to put it under strain. You have to put it into different situations. You have to do different things with your diet, right? This is the same with the sense of smell. And to do this, you can do simple things at home. For example, nostril work. So this would mean actually putting some paper in your nostril and saying, okay, I'm going to spend some time just breathing through one nostril. And then I'm going to set a timer. And after a certain amount of time, I'm going to change it to the other nostril. And this is something you can do while you work. This is something you can do while you're at home doing stuff around the house, right? So that's an easy one. You'll find things open up if you do that. You'll find that immediately you are becoming more sensitive to your sense of smell. And you will find that you can open to things that are on a deeper level. You will be able to smell things that are not just smells, right? You can smell the day. You can smell the change of season. You can smell the newness of things. And this is a higher way of perceiving. This is a higher way of a living or deeper way of living. Okay, so that's a little bit about smell. I don't want to belabor the point too much. There's a lot to say about it. That's at least a start. This can be sort of our introduction episode to smell. So you've got one little do-it-at-home trick, which is blocking your nostril for different sets of times. I, I suggest you do 40 minutes in each one. So set your timer for every 40 minutes and change nostrils each time. And if you want to go deeper on that, I actually have an online course on breathing techniques. So you can check that out on my Udemy profile. And we will talk more about this sensation of smelling something very deeply. It's it's a very... It's a, it's a very, I mean, you can't put it into words. It's one of those things that is from the, the beyond, right? It's one of those things that you just, it, it's the unspeakable experience. So, yeah, we'll talk about that more in the future. All right, that's enough for this episode. I think I've already spoken too long, but what are you going to do? So, thanks very much. And we'll be back soon with more.